0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Little Man Big Conversations. Man, I know I've had some guests on here already. Each one of them has told their unique perspective on their individual lives and or careers. This tonight, man, I got to tell you, I am way out of my depth here. I am punching way above my weight here. This man has done me a complete favor. He's a friend of mine, but this is a complete honor. Ladies and gentlemen... A man that most of you would know, but if not, this man right here is a trailblazer. He's set to do big things. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the one, the only, the loose ledge, Adam Brooks. Adam, how the hell are you, man? What's up, brother? Jeez, you really pumped my tires up there, didn't you? You made
1: me sound <laughs> like bloody, uh, I don't know, Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio or something. Some massive star.
0: Well, I'd be you as a, as a Brad DiCaprio or a Leonardo <laughs> Pitt. That's, that's their names, right?
1: i've I've never been pumped up like that so i appreciate
0: that (laughs) we heard it here first man me and adam are going on the road i'm gonna be his hype man i'm gonna be the Uh, Lilo rush to his bobby lashley um and we're gonna i i I
1: look like bobby lashley
0: (laughs) (laughs) so that's that's it we're gonna hit the road man again thank you so much for giving me your time i know the wrestling world has been explosive for you lately but at the same time it was also, speaking of tires, you've had the brakes slammed on those tires real hard for you lately, but I appreciate the time that you've given me. Um, the first thing I want to say to you, man, is I ask all my guests, how the hell do we know each other? And do you remember the first time that we hung out? I do. So, uh,
1: yeah, so in regards to the wrestling world, like, <laughs> everything was all gun ho and now everything's on a big pause, you know? Yeah. So, That's frustrating. That's annoying. Um, Luckily, you've caught me pretty early in this whole quarantine isolation bit, and I haven't lost my mind too badly just yet. (laughs) Oh, good. Hopefully, I don't come off too depressed and annoyed in this podcast because I'm actually (laughs) – I feel okay at the moment. Yeah, good. And I, I, I try not to watch the news because I just get angry, you
0: know? Yeah, uh, no, three
1: months, six months, you know, I was like, I don't want to hear it. Just wake me up when all this is over.
0: <laughs> and I totally agree, man. The news out there, man, that every day it changes. It goes from 500 people to hundred people to 25 people to bars, taverns, casinos, everything, you name it, it's closed. But Hey, yeah. most important thing is that even though we don't have a gym, even though we don't have the casino and even though our locals are closed, <laughs> it is helpful to know that I can still go down the road and see Mary Sue and get my damn hair done.
1: Big? Well See I got I got my hair uh, I got my hair done before all of this because I thought that I was gonna be on pay-per-view and then that, that went to shit. <laughs> <laughs> so my hair's all sorted for how long however long this is gonna take.
0: Well if anyone sees Adam walking down the street you'll know that he is in, he is looking in fine form.
1: Oh dude, I'm not shaving until this is all done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i am told my like
1: yeah, I've told my missile I'm like, I ain't shaving nothing until this is all <laughs> over. <laughs> Just so I want to see, could... see like what my beard looks like and, you know, tough it, whatever.
0: For those for those listening, you can interpret him not shaving to the best of your ability. I'll leave that open to interpretation. But <laughs> yeah, Adam, I remember meeting you, I believe it was at a Venom show. You had flown up to Queensland. You were fighting uh, the champion at the time, Tim Cade. And I remember sharing a locker room with you, and the boys were very hyped up to meet you. But it was my first time that I'd ever shared a locker room with you and met you. Do you remember that show? And do you remember us having our initial first conversation?
1: I do. I do. Um, It was the first time I wrestled. I think it's the first and only time I've actually wrestled with Venom, uh, actually. It was a fun little place. Um, And then, yeah, meeting you. So I remember you tried to add me on my <laughs> personal facebook page
0: yeah right? yes
1: and a lot of people do this and i feel i need to tell this so that people don't think that i'm a dick sure yeah but if i don't know somebody and they try to add me on like my personal page where you know i i tend to use that for friends and family and, and all of that. Sure. I'll, I'll just leave it. Yeah. You know? So if if there's people that are listening that think, oh, why is Adam not accepting me? He must be a dick. You know, it's not that at all. It's just I don't know you. So if I ever meet you and you turn out to be a bloody ledge and someone that makes me giggle, then, hey, you'll probably get accepted and, and <laughs> I know that you're a good person. So well, I'm, I, I'm glad I remember. passed
0: the audition. i remember like
1: we were just hanging out at backstage whatever and uh we were just chatting and uh and then yeah i I said to you i said brother like uh, i know you tried to add me this is this is my rule uh don't worry like you you seem like a a little legend uh you know it's all good and then you know obviously you've made it onto the personal page and every now and then we chat and then every time i see uh, you know you get a a big hug and all that shit. So yeah, that's the first time that we met, man. And did you come out with us that night or was it AWA? I Uh, think it may have been AWA you came out.
0: Yeah, it was the AWA show and I, for full disclosure, so it doesn't sound like I'm being a Marky Mark here. The reason I added you was because I was helping out with the production and the sound. So I needed to hit, get in contact with you and find out, Hey, need to get this guy's video. need to get this guy's music. It's a yeah, big yeah. deal. I want to, show, want to make sure I have the right one. And damn, if I, if I didn't go hunting, I ended up pulling down about three different entrance videos I found online, and I still ended up with the wrong one. <laughs> Did <you? laughs> Yeah. I remember overhearing. I remember overhearing. You're at the desk, and um, I was just off to the side. I think I was putting my gear on, and you had, you had said to the guy that was mining the desk at the time, oh, what video they got for me? And they played it, and it came up on the screen. And I remember you sort of went, yeah, that's the wrong one. <laughs> no, I, it, so it, out of the three it, it i still happens. chose wrong
1: it happens you know it's all it's it's whatever who cares
0: but yeah i know i remember i remember the uh second time we met that was the one i came out with because um yeah we uh we all came back to where i where i was living and then we all went out and hit the road down yes. after that but um that was the first time we met yes yeah. um and you've always been kind and of good to me and you you're you're good to me tonight for um, coming on this podcast and doing me a real solid, so I really appreciate you coming on, man.
1: Uh, no workers, dude. I, you know, I'm happy to have a have a chat. So
0: it's all good, man. So that's how we know each other. Mm-hmm. But take me back t- for your career now. So this is this is the history of Adam Brooks, and I don't just mean your career because wrestling has and still does in this day and age play a huge role in your life. But take mm-hmm. me back to the origins of the man known as adam were you always a melbourne based boy or did you travel around as a kid
1: nah always melbourne dude always mm-hmm. melbourne i was uh, i've grown up in a little suburb called dingley village i get i get the announcers to announce me from dingley cuz the crowd laughs cuz i don't know dingley sounds funny so.
0: <laughs> sounds like something out of like a a fantasy novel or something they all came from dingley village sir yeah like all right so you're a Dingley boy through and through. You've always been there. You haven't ever moved around Melbourne. You 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 stayed true to the village. Uh, when I was young, yeah, yeah, it's always been. You know,
1: I grew up here in, in Dingley.
0: Okay, and so you're growing up there in Dingley. What was school like for a young Adam? Did you did you have a good school life? Was was it rough or was it uh, was it pretty smooth sailing? So, uh
1: pri- primary school was good. Primary yeah. school was fine. I, I loved primary school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then high school. <laughs> I wasn't at high school very long. I, okay. Uh, I, I left school when I was 15 years old. So, uh, wow. What, what made you leave? <laughs> Dude, I hated it. Really? I hated it. And it's not, it's not because I was bullied or, or anything like that. I just hated school. I thought it was such a waste of time. Right. And... Growing up now and looking back, it, yeah, it's silly that I left so early, you know, okay. like, um, but, you know, at the time, I just, I hated it. And all I wanted to do was start earning money and working. Okay. So my mum my was like, well, you know, let's let's find out what you want to do and maybe we can go down the apprenticeship route. Right. So... I had no clue what I wanted to do, so I went to a course mm. uh, at a at TAFE
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the the course it let me still do like the basic maths and English and stuff. yeah, but it also let me do a majority of different trades, so I got to try carpentry, plastering. Uh, cooking, painting, glazing. Uh, I think I did tile laying. And then, so I did glazing. Mm -hmm. I was in the glazing class, which is working with glass. Okay. And I really enjoyed it. And I said to my teachers and stuff, uh, I, I really like this glazing stuff, you know, when it's time for work experience to, to come around, because I mm-hmm. think we did work experience, like, I want to say four times a year.
0: Right, okay. Um,
1: I said, when work experience comes along, can you please put me with a glazier? Because I, I, I quite enjoy it. And uh, I did work experience with those dudes, and then I didn't go back to TAFE because they, I was there, I, they kept me there for six weeks, uh, and then they put me on and, and I got to do an apprenticeship.
0: So your family was supportive of your decision to the best of their ability at that time as a 15-year-old kid saying, hey, I don't want to be at high school anymore. Was that a hard conversation to have with your parents at the time, being 15? And obviously the concept of not fulfilling schooling for you back then was, okay, but but it sounds like they were pretty supportive of you.
1: No, they were super supportive. Like, and see, my mum left uh, year 10, so she would have been... She would have been 16. My right. D- dude, dude. my dad left school when he was 14 because he used to go and help out his dad uh, on the farm. They owned a market garden, or my dad, and my pa, he owned a market garden, and yeah. my dad was just super young, and he'd go help my da- my uh, my pa. Okay. So I feel, and I don't say this in a negative way, that, like, maybe because I knew that my dad left school so early and mm-hmm. I could see that oh, you know, if my dad left school at 14 and he has a roof over our head, why do I need to waste my time at school? I can do the same thing, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. I think maybe I grew up with that sort of mentality, whereas I look back now and it's like, oh, you know, my sister completed school, she went to uni, you know, and she's doing this really cool job, you know, maybe I should have done that. But the way that my path has gone in regards to wrestling anyway, yeah. I don't think school would have mattered anyway. Uh, you know, how far I got in school, I don't think <laughs> yeah. it would have mattered because of my love and my passion for, for wrestling.
0: Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't see the trainers coming in and going, hey, I want to sign up to be a wrestler. are like, all right, but first let's do some algebra. I think you're pretty safe.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so like it's always good to have something to fall back on though. So like mm-hmm. if you do something really well in school, yeah, and then you want to be a wrestler, and unfortunately, it doesn't work out. At least you have that to fall back on. In my yeah. case, at least I have glazing to fall back on, which hopefully I don't have to. Yeah, but it's there.
0: Sure. Yeah. So your sis- So you mentioned your sister. Is it just you and your sister in terms of siblings, or do you have more siblings?
1: Nah, just just me and just me and the younger sister, man. All
0: right. So you two are causing a ruckus there in the family home. Your sister's staying in school. You're out there glazing. You're yep. 15. You're in the. You're doing the tape work. You're doing the glazing. Is yep. this around the time that you now get exposed to pro wrestling, or was it earlier on, or did it happen? Did it hit you later?
1: Nah, man. So we got to backtrack. I first saw wrestling when I was nine years old. Oh, okay. So well, all what was it you saw? Time, so, uh, we were hanging out the street and i was just with some of my neighbors and we went down the road to another neighbor's house and he goes i've got this tape it's called wrestling and i was like okay cool (laughs) yeah he was halfway through watching it and then he puts in this tape and he was halfway through watching wrestlemania 16 in the year 2000 okay yep And the match that he was up to was the three-way ladder match with the Hardys, the Dudleys, and Edge and Christian.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: So I'm sitting there and I'm going, what in the world is this? Yeah. And who's this guy with rainbow hair, baggy (laughs) pants? Oh, man, he just did this gnarly flip off the ladder and then he, he, you know, he hit his tailbone and then the guy went through the table and what in the world is this yeah and then ju- ju- that moment is just when it grew um i i was i was a uh, my my first i guess dream was
0: mm.
1: football afl i was a really good footballer okay but then yep. the more and more i got obsessed with wrestling the less uh, I was interested in football. So I, uh, one of my best friends who I've known since kinder, who I'm still friends with, he was a big wrestling fan as well. And, and I didn't have cable, but he did. So he hmm. would tape Raw every Tuesday night. I think it used to be on here. Mm -hmm. Uh, he'd tape raw every tuesday night yep sweet dude i taped it come over school and after come over after school and watch it okay and he'd tape it all raw all that and then he found a local training school right so he was 14 when he went to this school and (laughs) 14 getting thrown around a wrestling room while your body's still developing Mm. it's just it's way too young you know Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but he did it anyway and then he didn't last because he's you know his back was always sore and his neck was always sore and that's 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 what happens when you first get into this
0: yeah yeah your
1: body your body's not used to this shit you know of course so we'd mess around on the trampoline and stuff and he saw that i just i loved it and he was like man why don't you why don't you go to where i went and and get trained like maybe this is what you gotta do so I went there uh, when I was 15 years old and yeah man it's just it's it's everything since then has been wrestling I, I stopped playing football uh, and it's just been wrestling like that that school shut down for a year right and I I didn't have anywhere else to go and I uh, I knew that one day something would come up. So like after school or after work and everything, like I would still, I would go and run around this big park that we have. It's like a six kilometer national park thing. I'd run around that every day, just knowing that, you know, oh, I'll be in a wrestling ring again one day. Hmm. And then, uh, yeah. So that place came back when I was 18. So I went straight back there. They remembered me, uh, and, yeah, ever, ever since then, man, it's just been its just been to where we're at now, you know. And, uh, yeah, so that company was uh, PCW. That's where right. I first uh, went and got trained.
0: So you signed up at 15, even though your mate was 14 and he, he, he did his back out. You signed up a year later yep. at 15 years of age. And yep. were you training pretty much? twice a week down there or what was the training like for you at 15?
1: I think I was there once a week because they would right. do like, they would do like beginners classes and then like a intermediate class. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'd be there. I'd be there once a week. Um. Yeah. Just, I think it's like three hours.
0: Um, so you had, you had once a week, three hour classes. Do you remember the first time where you signed on the proverbial dotted line, you signed up. You said, I want to do this. Do you remember your first training session? Yeah. And do you remember taking your first bump? And what was that sensation like for you?
1: Yeah. So the way this school worked was they would do two assessment classes to mm-hmm. kind of see if, if this is for you. Type yeah, sure. Yep. And if they didn't think that it was, I guess you just keep doing the assessment classes until they think <laughs> that it is for you, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, I did the two assessment classes and then every, uh, they put me into the beginner's class. But uh, that first bump, I remember the guy was, he was kneeling down, you know, crouching down and he goes, all right, then you do this. And then you just snap, you know? Yeah. And I went in there, I was all cocky and stuff. Cause I was like, yeah, like my friend, <laughs> he, he, he showed me how to do this on the trampoline. Like I know, oh, how, yeah. to bump. I know how to take a bump. It's easy. So, anyway, I crouched down, and instead of snapping, I I throw myself out. (laughs) God. You know, I don't know anything about tucking my chin or or any of that. Mm -hmm. So I just throw myself out, and it's just like, oh, you know, it's that feeling like, oh, shit. Yeah. Is that what it's meant to feel like?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did you have any survival mechanics kick in where your body was sort of freaking out going, hey, I don't want to be – this is this is new to me. I don't I don't like the fact I'm being aimed at the floor. Did you have that sort of jittery first session, or was it because of your love for sport and because of your history in doing um, AFL? Did you have that a uh, much of a mechanic where your body was sort of wincing out and just sort of pulling out doing the move, or did you find it pretty much a simple process of just getting sort of understanding it a bit more freshly?
1: No, I think I think I understood that like okay. I don't think that was right because it felt like that.
0: <laughs>
1: and then he said, no, you've got to snap. You've got to snap and then it won't hurt. Tuck your chin and snap. So then I got the hang of that and I was like, okay, yeah, that, that feels a bit better. And then I remember later on when I'd been bumping a little bit more and uh, <laughs> we were taking... Triple H knees, you know, where he'd like shoot them off and then he jumps and he does that knee where he jumps and he kind of turns.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: So we were taking those. Right. And I was being real scared about it. And I kept hurting myself on the bump and I wasn't committing. I was like, and then I got yelled at the guy was like, stop being a pussy. You know, this isn't how you do it. And he, and he yelled at me Mm. and it really pissed me off. So then I was like, all right, like, You know, fuck you. This is, you know, I'm going to commit and I'm going to absolutely attack this bump now. And then, boom, I full took it, like, attacked it, snapped it. It felt beautiful. And then he goes, see? He goes, you didn't be a pussy. You committed. (laughs) And it feels better. Yeah. And and that kind of always stuck with me. And it's like, you know, you just got to commit. And I, whenever young kids ask for advice or Mm. anything, Mm. um, you know where where i go down and train now whenever i see if i ever see something i'll just put a little bit of input in but yeah just you just got to commit if you if you if you're scared and you you don't attack it that's when you're going to get hurt really you know
0: yeah that's exactly right if you freak out and you think you're going to get hurt that's usually the time and hey you're going to get hurt because you're thinking about it too much and that's how accidents happen but yeah. you've committed, speaking of commitment, you've committed to your bumps, you've committed to the high knee, and now you have committed to pro wrestling training. <laughs> that, that school was only open for a year, but did you at any stage, was that, was that company at that time doing any live events? Did you have a debut or were you still just training at that point?
1: Um, so they, 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 they've, they've come back now and they constantly run, but yeah. um, at the time when I was there, when I was 15, they used to do shows, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'd go to
1: some of the shows, but I I didn't debut until I was eighteen. So right, okay, I, I debuted on um, their student shows, which they call their student slot shows slam shows. Right. Um. So yeah, I debuted on on one of those. I want to say February two thousand and
0: ten. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you stayed with that company for a year you're what you're about 16 now and you don't debut to 18 do you immediately hit up what would become and what is now still known as melbourne city wrestling do you do you hunt them down during your off peak of training as it would be or does life happen and then wrestling sort of comes back into it into the fold
1: nah so um i went back uh, you know i went back to training uh when they reopened at 18 and then i was there for like i don't know six months or something and then I started doing my, I did my first match and I don't believe MCW were around then. I think MCW may have come in. I want to say late 2010, I think. So I was going, I wrestled this one match and then uh, a promoter in Adelaide saw me. And I think the, the guy who I wrestled, he was like a veteran guy.
0: Mm-hmm. he
1: his his girlfriend put me over to this promoter in Adelaide like saying yo this kid's decent whatever mm. so the so during the week i got a message from this guy saying yeah i'm from you know i live in adelaide i'm running a show i want you to come up and i was like oh man like people want me to wrestle interstate already like oh like i'm the man like <laughs> yeah. you know um so i accepted that <laughs> and uh I, I drove myself all the way up there um, and then there was only 20 people at this show.
0: Yeah.
1: And I was like, oh, okay. And hmm. so my first match was like six minutes. Then my second match for this this company in Adelaide, they wanted me to wrestle for 20 minutes in a 20-minute draw. And I was like, whoa, like – you guys realise this is only my second match? And, like, they're like, nah, 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 you'll be fine, you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be fine, yeah. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. okay. And then the guy that I was wrestling, he goes, yeah, so I'm thinking, you know, we do a match like RVD-Jerry Lynn. He goes, have you seen that? I go, of course, yeah. Um, you do realise this is my second match? <laughs> he goes yeah 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 you'll be fine man you'll be fine we'll do this 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 you know and i'm like oh god okay yeah so i go out there and i somehow survived that 20 minute rvd jerry lynn classic (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and so yeah i i i kept being brought back to that place for eight months um uh, no you know no pay no no flights covered none of that it was before any of that stuff yeah. I was just excited to wrestle and have an opportunity and I'll, I'll forever be grateful for, you know, uh, Joel Bateman, who was the promoter yeah uh, for giving me that opportunity. Like I will always be grateful for those dudes just giving me a platform, you know? Mm. Yeah. Um, everyone needs to be like that. You know, you got to do those drives. You've got to do those experiences where you're sleeping in your car all mm-hmm. that shit. Like I, I, d- yeah. I did that stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, during that period is when uh, I met Matt Silva, who has right. gone on to be Buddy Murphy in WWE.
0: Yeah. So he's doing all right. But, uh... <laughs> he's doing okay. He's doing okay. He's cutting it fine. <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: but yeah, like he just saw something in me. I guess. Right. And he, he took me under his wing and we just got super close, like best friends, like brothers, like legit, like we like super, super close. And uh he was wrestling for RCW at the time. Okay. In Adelaide, and he mentioned me to them and they said, Yeah, all right, let's let's give this dude a shot. So uh October 2010, I debuted for RCW. I wrestled Chris Basso. And I have been with them ever since now. Right. Okay. Uh, And then after the RCW stuff, I believe MCW, uh, they transitioned from being ACW. Um, And then again, Matt was like, uh, you know, this kid's good. I want him with me. He can be like my little protege type deal. Uh, And yeah. We, you know, we just went from there and I've been with MCW MCW ever since. So,
0: right. So that's kind
1: of the beginning of everything.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, man, you're already traveling the roads and arguably, I think that's one of the best features and I will argue over it. I think it's one of the best features and it really does test, uh, just tests your integrity um, and your stamina really to travel those roads, to find that venue, to get in that building, to scout it out, to then go and plan the match, then help set up everything, to then make... (laughs) Yeah. Pull it all down to then drive back in that road. And like you said, sometimes, hey, man, I didn't book a hotel. or Hey, man, that, that place is way too far. I'm just going to crash in my car. I'll hit the airport in the morning. Yeah. Wrestlers are got to be a jack of all trade, man. Sometimes we've got to act like homeless people, do things for free for a sandwich and sleep in our car. Other times we're getting put in hotels and we're flying around the world. It, it varies at the best of times. <laughs> sometimes it's right what you need. Sometimes, hell, man, I do not want to be doing this show tonight. But you did – the road traveling second show in were you prepared for that drive how long was that drive for you and were you excited were you nervous like what was that first hitting that road and driving down did it feel like hey i'm sort of becoming a wrestler now like this is what it's all about this is what i've read or seen was that your feeling taking that first drive down
1: yeah like i i I I was like, "All right, like this is this is that first road trip, you know? This mm. is what they do in like WWE, like yeah, <laughs> road yeah, and yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, this is you know I'm doing this, but uh, I, I asked a few of my friends to come along because I didn't know these people, I didn't know these promoters, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just had some friends come along with me, and we did the drive, um, and then yeah, we you know we all pitched in for a hotel because. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't the company wasn't going to hook me up with a hotel <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah. uh so yeah man so it's about 8 hours so i used to do wow the, i i did that drive for 3 years wow
0: how yeah. how often was that how often was that journey down to those shows was it every month every
1: yep usually i was in adelaide once a month for 3 years
0: wow so once a month you're like man It's petrol day, going to make that eight-hour drive. But did you drive with people every time to sort of swap over and make sure you had that eight-hour trip, or did you gun it yourself on some solo adventures?
1: Uh, At first, it was always by myself.
0: Oh, wow, okay.
1: Yeah, and then um, I met Matt, and then me and him would just drive down to RCW all the time together, and then there'd be the odd occasion where he wasn't there, but I was, so I'd just cruise up by myself. I'd done it numerous times. Yeah, um, and then yeah, once once he left and uh, you know, he, he went to WWE, that's when uh, the, the flying and stuff happened. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was still out of my own pocket at the time, mm-hmm. but uh, I think I was just overdriving.
0: <laughs> and I don't blame you, once a month doing the eight hour, eight hour journey, double that up, 16 hours there and back again, plus. Being asked to do 20 minutes on top of that 16 and close to 16 and a half hours, man. I do not blame you for asking for a flight that may have cut that down to about two hours.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, but you know, like, it's just cool. Like you keep, you keep doing those things and then you reap those benefits now, you know, like Mm. I, I don't pay for travel. I don't pay for places where I have to stay. Like, and I say this to a lot of younger wrestlers, they'll always be like, how do I get more exposure? And I'll be like, dude, you got to travel, you know, yep. you've yep. got to, you've got to, at first you've got to make your own way to these places.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. You know,
1: and just build that name. And that's when you can be like, Hey, you know, help us out now because I've done this much for you, or I benefit this much or I put this much effort in or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so, yeah, but like I, 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 I still enjoy doing long drives like that. Like when I was in America for three months, mm, early last or mid last year, dude, they, they were, you know, I, we did a trip. Uh, I wrestled, I wrestled in North Carolina and I, right. had
0: to
1: get, I had to get back to Florida. So mm-hmm. I'd been on the road since Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What year was this? Two thousand
0: and nineteen. Okay, yep, yep. So recent yeah.
1: Last year, yep. Um yep. and the uh, I wrestled in North Carolina and then I go to the promoter, okay, yeah, cool man. Like I don't have any flight details or or hotel details or anything yet. And he goes, Oh no, nah, no, nah, it's all cool. I've I've got you in this car with all the other dudes going back to Florida. And I'm like, Ha, all right. Like mm. lucky I've done this when I was young, you know. Whatever, let's do yeah. it. And it was yeah. a car full of good dudes, so it was an you know eight hour trip back to uh, Orlando. So, oh know, man, see, <laughs> like, I think I think I, we did a trip L A into Tijuana, Mexico. I think that was about three four hours, you know. Like whatever, you, you got to do these things, man.
0: Man, I think it tests the grit. Like You you get exposed to it earlier on like you did. And I think you have more of a, an acceptance and appreciation for that journey. It doesn't become as time consuming and I guess aggravating when you might've had a few local shows under your belt, maybe a year's worth of lo- uh, local shows. Then you get the call, hey, come to Adelaide and you make that first drive after a year in, you're kind of hesitant, you're kind of hating it, but you had it the other way around. You were second show in, and man, you made that eight-hour drive. And it, I think it, from what it sounds like is that it opened up a world of appreciation. And honestly, it sounded like you didn't even really mind doing that trip. But I think it all became from the fact that you had that at such an early age. Do you recommend, if someone's starting out now, do you recommend if they get the heads up to, hey, you need to travel up here, do you recommend that they make that drive if it's if, if they're able to do so? Or do you recommend flying?
1: drive yeah yeah okay yeah hundred percent unless i mean look if 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 someone wants to pay for their own flights that's fine like Mm -hmm. cool but i think you have to do the drive early on so that you can get used to it potentially later on in your career dude like i'll have matt call me when he's on the road and i'll be like oh yeah where you going oh stanford oh yeah cool how long's that Oh, three hours. Oh, yeah, cool. You know, it's yeah. It's just you've got to do it because if you ever want to get to like a WWE or something, they're still on the road driving.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's. I think that still tests the grit. It really does. It sort of sets the tone for your appreciation moving forward, man. But you've made those drives. And you're still making the drive now. You are driven to perform at MCW. You have Matt by your side. Mm He's training you. You are being his protege on the show. What was it like cutting your teeth down at MCW? And were you training for a while under the tutelage of Matt before you debuted there? Or was it, were you his manager, so to say, getting out there and getting the live crowd exposure? How did that sequence of events work?
1: Yeah. So I was training under him and then, he put me forward to those guys, mm-hmm. and uh, it just, it just, it just really went from there. I was, I was his protege, and then we were, we were uh, a little group until he left. Yep. Um. Yeah, man. Like that's that's really the 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 the, the early story of MCW.
0: Yeah. So were you managing? For live events, were you managing him, or was it a case of, "Hey, I'm going to go out there and I'm training with him behind the scenes"? But what was it like at live events? Were you associated with him at live events, managing, doing managerial duties, or yeah. were you uh, doing your own thing?
1: Now nah, it was managerial stuff, and yep. then worked into tagging with him. Okay. Yep. And then yeah.
0: Now we fast forward now from 2010 to 2012, and now you have turned. On your mentor, Matt. And you hit him with a chair and you cost him his championship against Mike yeah. Peterson.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would have turned on him early 2013. Uh, and then we had our final match together uh, on a show <laughs> in uh, April 2013. That was, that was his idea. He, he said, I want to wrestle him before yeah. I leave. Uh, you know, I want to do the honors. For him. Uh, and then yeah, he he went on to the next chapter of his career and mine started to take off.
0: From your perspective, knowing that your friend has been side, obviously there is a feeling of admiration and a, a lot of feeling of, of love for your best friend. You go, wow, man, you know, you've you've cracked that glass ceiling. You're in there, you're in the fold now. Talk me through what it was like when he took that flight and were you starting to, going back to MCW and having him not be in that locker room? How did you feel then? Did you feel like, all right, now it's time to make it on my own steam? Did you feel a bit lost? Or were you feeling pretty good about the whole thing?
1: Uh, no, I was pretty good about it. Because I, <laughs> I, I was like, right, he's gone. I'm on my own now, you know? No. And that's how I looked at things. And I sort of knew the direction that they were going. And I knew that the ball was in my court sort of thing.
0: So it fired so you up. I,
1: Yes, hundred yeah. percent. Okay. So I was just ready to get in there and, and, and just
0: kill it. Right. So this is where you've been you start floating around the main event in MCW. You start having these like absolute caliber matches with guys like Carlo Cannon and Slex. And uh 2013 you're approached by Dowie James and you create a group called the Loose and the Reckless. Where the hell did that name come from? Where did the Loose Ledge come from?
1: <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Yeah. Uh so we were on it we were, so it was it was Matt's last trip at RCW, right? And me, him and a few of the other boys yeah. we thought we'd make a weekend out of it. Uh so anyway, uh I got up to some antics the night before <laughs> and they were like, Man, you should call yourself this. And it was the loose C word at the time.
0: Right. Yeah. Cowboy, and- loose cowboy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, geez, that that's pretty good. They're like, cause what you did last night, Brooksy, oh, you should do it. <laughs> and I think it was more of a rib that they're like, he's not going to wear that shirt on a show. Yeah. But I was young and I, didn't know, or I don't think they were trying to read me. I don't know,
0: but mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. So I wore this shirt out during the show, and a few people were like, oh my god, yeah, you know. And I popped some of the veteran guys like Rocky Monero and stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, uh yeah, obviously Matt, he got over there and he was like, look, if you ever want to get over here, you might wanna, you might wanna drop the c-word out of that.
0: <laughs> right. So,
1: but yeah, that makes sense. So I was calling everyone. A ledge anyway, like I still do. And I was like, yeah. man, maybe I'll just do loose ledge. And then, yeah, I did. And that kind of stuck. Um, but like now I'm sort of trying to phase that out slightly because it's people overseas don't really understand what that means, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we're just going with like the greatest legend of all time because people understand that more.
0: Yes, the the gloat, yeah.
1: Yes, yes. But the whole thing with Dowie, uh, that, see, like, I, I thought we were going in, so this is me being young. I thought mm-hmm. we were going in this one direction, and I was, like, on the cusp of, like, doing this stuff. And then they go, oh, you know, we're going to do this thing with you and Dowie. And I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm.
0: like, I didn't really want to do it. Okay, yeah.
1: And... I don't think he did either. Wow, okay. But I think both of us were just so, I guess, frustrated with what they were doing with the both of us. We were like, you know what, stuff it. Let's just make our stuff the best stuff on the show, you know? Like, we didn't ask for this, we didn't want this, but we're going to make it the best. So I think we just kind of, that was our attitude. And we did some pretty good stuff as a tag team. (laughs)
0: Like,
1: we built quite a name for ourselves at MCW, hence why... You've know, kind of bounced back and forth with it more recently, mm. um, so yeah, we did that whole thing, and then like I was still really frustrated at MCW, just creative wise with things that were going on, right. So I left, uh, right. In t- I want to say like maybe at the end of 2014, I think I left. Yeah.
0: Right. So you 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 do the tag thing with you and Dowie. Yeah. You you end up winning the titles towards the end of two thousand thirteen. Your reign, according to the dirt sheets here, your reign lasted for just over a year, three hundred and seventy eight days. You drop yep. the belts, and then you decide to walk away. Yeah. So you you, you were you were frustrated with creative at that standpoint. Yeah. Were you feeling burnt out, knowing that you had just spent? pretty much four years full-time doing wrestling.
1: I don't think I was burnt out wrestling. Like I was still wrestling heaps and okay. in, my schedules picked up more.
0: Okay. You know, so you are still active recent, in,
1: in recent years. Yeah. I, I was wrestling still all over the place, just except for MCW because I was just frustrated creatively. And then there was some uh, other political stuff that I, I, I wasn't happy with. And, you know, I was young. I, I didn't handle it the best, you know, yeah, cool, whatever. But then, uh, eight months later, uh, we sat down and we chatted and I went to a show and I was like, man, like I should be here, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And, uh, you know, we sorted it all out and then, uh, you know, we went back there and then it's, it's just been all, it's been all sweet ever since, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, you know, that, that younger stuff matured me, you know, like, C- creatively now um, I don't care, you know, just, okay. I'll rock up. Tell me what you want me to do. I'll go out there. Let me wrestle. I'll kill it. Cool. Pay me. I'll go home. You know, like right. I'm just so much more chilled out now. I don't care about winning or losing or any yeah. of that, you know, just, yeah. just let me wrestle, you know? Yeah. 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 Who cares about storylines or belts or any of that bullshit? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So you were feeling. It, so you came back to it. You took. Uh, you took some time off. What was life like for you when you were taking that time off? Did you think, man, uh, yeah, I'm still wrestling. I don't know if I want to go back there. But what was life for you when you weren't on the road? When you weren't doing these shows? Do you did you have time to sort of reassess and reevaluate now that you're doing these sporadic shows as opposed to being religiously down at MCW?
1: Um, I. I mean, I was still doing my thing at other places and I kept my eye on what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that I, I just, I noticed some certain things they were doing and certain people they were using and I, I'd compare myself to them Right, and I'd be like, uh, all right, maybe it's time to have a chat because I was really close with uh, one of the guys that used to, Book, okay. he 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 saw something in me super early, like in 2011. He he was pitching to put the mcw belt on me, you know.
0: Oh right, um, okay.
1: He 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 always saw something in me, and he's not there anymore. Right. But I wanted to sit down and just hear him out, just because I had a lot of respect for him, you know. Like during the time he left, because he took a hiatus as well. I would go to him and be like, hey, I have this promo can you help me? So he respected me and I had respect for him. So, you know, he's the reason that I went back and then, you know, the creative had sort of changed a little bit and I, I could trust him. Um. So, so, so yeah, it just, it kind of, it kind of just went from there, man.
0: Right. So you're back in the fold but what's life like for you outside the ring? Do you start around this time, do you start to reassess your personal life? You've gone, all right, I need to take a little bit of a breather from MCW. I'm still doing these sporadic shows, but what's the, what's the life like when you're not on the road? Do you, do you come home? Do you start developing things outside the ring? Or is it just pretty much wrestling 24-7 and life, life, life takes a second place? Um, well,
1: I, I, uh, I got involved with a bird around that time. So, I mean, I guess, I guess I had that outside of like an MCW or something, but yeah, yeah, y- you know. Was she
0: um, a fan? Did she know who you were and what you were doing, or was it this a complete unknown? No, she
1: was, <laughs> she was in the
0: business. Oh, okay, yeah, all right, we'll keep it at that. Yep, fair enough. <laughs> Say no more. All right, so she's in the business; she knows all about you. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Right. So you developed a relationship with. Um, a a, a co worker, I guess, to the best degree. You guys start yeah. dating for a while. Do you guys end up on shows together, or is it more like uh, you do your career, I'll do mine, but hey, we both understand this is how the business and this is how it works?
1: No, we were on shows together, and then okay. we, we ended up doing some tag stuff together, some the right.
0: stuff. Okay, cool. All right. So, what was that experience like? Was that different knowing that um, you had not only a co worker, but now seemingly a partner? quite literally both in in the tag sense of the wrestling world but also in your personal life was that a different thing to you or was it hey man it's the same thing it's a it's a show um we'll just treat it like business is business
1: i think it was just business as usual it's like you know i'll do my thing you do your thing and then we just go back you know we travel back home together afterwards yeah you know but then when we would tag uh I, it was it was actually kind of cool because like we would discuss you know maybe we'll try this we'll do this da 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 da, da. Right. and then just like from a psychology standpoint, mm-hmm. uh, it was it was cool it was a learning curve for me you know like okay this is this is a female how can we make this make sense yep. because you know intergender stuff there's a different psychology to it mm-hmm. so it was it was. I guess it was really cool to learn, or to try to understand and learn, the psychology of intergender type stuff.
0: Right. So, was it around this time that you take your first trip internationally? Because uh, you've been boun- you've been bouncing around Australia at this point. You've been doing shows in Melbourne. You've been doing shows. Uh, I want to say in South Australia. Uh, you've been bouncing around Sydney, but was this around the time? For you, that you remember taking that first international trip to the grand old U.S. of A., was it around this time?
1: Uh, so I actually, this is ironic how everything's actually worked out. But I right. went, I went to America for the very first time in. It would have been April 2013. It was. I remember it was two days after me and Matt wrestled. So okay. Yep. There. I went there to do a tryout seminar camp with ROH. Okay, right. And it's just ironic how everything's kind of worked out. Yeah. So I did that, but then in 2015 I went overseas again for six weeks. Yeah. Um, and then I did the indies and, and stuff there. Okay. And so what that was that? the first time I, I actually wrestled on shows overseas.
0: Right. And what was that? So that was your first experience since 2013. Was the system over in the States vastly different to what you'd been used to, or was there some similarities there for you?
1: I want to say at the time it was very uh, similar. It was, I I was working, I mean, I was pretty lucky to work on certain shows, but some of them were still small shows, but, some of the bigger shows that I worked on during that that trip was like uh, we drove into Canada to to wrestle on Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore. That was wow. kind of, That was okay. kind of big. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah,
1: definitely. I did. I did. I did uh, Remember that Global Force Wrestling that Jarrett tried to start up?
0: Oh yeah, that was uh, what coming out of the back of name, escapes me Impact and TNA
1: yeah i think he left tna yeah um and he tried to start up this global force thing so i, I got to wrestle on two of those global force shows mm-hmm. um i did uh i did fip which is like the sister company to evolve
0: right okay
1: um because evolve was evolve was always like a big goal that i wanted to to try do but i guess that's not happening anytime soon <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah i you know i got to work on some pretty decent stuff then but it was very much the same as australia like the that first uh trip the house of hardcore trip yeah dude a eight hour drive into canada you know like right um yeah I, and I, that trip i uh i stayed with a guy called kevin keenan who he used to be a referee in wwe really cool dude he came down for a uh uh, he did a few shows in Melbourne and he was like, look, if you're ever overseas, let me know. There's a bed at my place, man. I'll help you get booked. Wow. And like, he was awesome, dude. All he wanted for six weeks of staying at his house was a t-shirt. Didn't oh, need me to pay wow. him nothing. Absolute legend. I, he, he's the man. Love him.
0: Are you still in contact with that guy today? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's some honesty right there, man. That's 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 the good side of the business. Do yeah. it all for the t-shirt. Crash at someone's house, do the shows. That's how it should be, man. So you've, yeah. you're have you in Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada for the House yeah. of Hardcore 14. Shortly after then, you travel down the road. You're in North Carolina for PWX. Yes. Yes. After that, you hit up Florida. You're in Maryland. You're in New Jersey. Then you're back here for House of Hardcore 15. You've come back home to Melbourne.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. What was but- that? What was that small stint of American shows like? Did it all happen like in the blink of an eye where you're like, man, I don't have time to appreciate it. Or did it, count, did it sink in when you finally hit home turf and went, wow, what a, what a whirlwind of an experience that was.
1: Yeah, I think it hit when I got home because I, I was there. I was only there for six weeks, but I was wrestling every single weekend.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, yeah, dude, I, I landed and I was like, oh, man, like I think I did something pretty decent. At the time.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So, yeah, it was just, all right, I'm back home now. Right. Let's uh, focus on on the next next goal.
0: Yeah. So the next goal for you is uh, you come home. You come home to, to MCW. You have a brief stint doing the tag teams again. Then you turn on your partner and you win. One of the MCW cha- one of the MCW championship which is now referred to as the inter Commonwealth title yeah man was that your first big moment for having like a singles run championship knowing full well that this was at the place where you where you had started your career with your best friend with your former trainer was this one of the most uh, was this one of the most memorable moments for you in your career when you'd won your first singles belt or was it a case of hey, business as usual.
1: Well, it wasn't the first singles one. The right. first singles one, the the first, I want to say singles one with some sort of like a recognition, I guess, mm-hmm. was probably uh was probably Warzone Belt and the RCW Belt. Um what the win in the Warzone Belt was really cool because it was like, okay, these guys have got faith in me. Um So that was really cool. And then the RCW belt again, like that was really cool because they had faith in me. And then just a small part of me, I mean, it comes across as a bit Marky, but like Matt never had the RCW belt. So it's kind of (laughs) like, cool. Like, you know, he used to wrestle for this place and he was really, really good, but you know, he never had the chance to have this, but you know, I do like, this is a cool little goal, you know? Um, but then, yeah, the, the MCW Inter-Commonwealth belt, That that's, um, that's that. I mean, again, like it comes across like a little bit marky, but like that belt still today, it means a lot to me because I feel that me and Dowie really, really tried to put that belt on the map. You know, like yeah. I, 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 I can't remember who had the, the main MCW belt at the time, but me and him both knew we're like, these dudes in the main event aren't touching us that was that was our attitude you know like let's make our stuff the best yep um and i think we accomplished that you know like and and majority of the guys who have held that belt since i want to say majority except one of them have represented that belt really really well
0: that's the end of part one with the loose ledge, Adam Brooks. Hey, I hope you've been enjoying this episode thus far. Don't worry, next week we're going to hit you up with part two. We're going to get much more into the nitty gritty, including him winning his first big championship with MCW and his eventual signing with Ring of Honor. Hey, if you haven't done so already, please like and follow Little Man Big Conversations on Facebook, at LMBC Podcast, on Instagram, at LNBC Podcast, and on Twitter at LMBC underscore podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll catch you next week.